Well, good evening, everyone. Welcome again. Uh, we can begin the talk uh, with taking refuge. So you're welcome to join along. I take refuge in the Buddha. I take refuge in the Dharma. And I take refuge in Sangha. We've been exploring the six Mahayana Paramitas, which is the theme of Ango. Uh, these are, the Paramitas are six aspects of practice. They really form a path. And we're on uh, the last one. So we're on Prajna Paramita today. And when we encounter Prajna Paramita, like the translation, like everything starts to get a little more metaphorical because we're moving beyond concept. So Prajna Paramita is the only Paramita that has um, an anthropological being as a representation, as a metaphor, as an expression to help us understand uh, or enter more fully into what Prajna Paramita is even pointing to. So Prajna Paramita is sometimes referred to as the mother of all Buddhas. We have this image of the mother of all Buddhas. And I'd like to share one artistic representation of Prajna Paramita. There are many. You could Google Prajna Paramita and find different, uh, different images. Um, but this is a more modern version of the uh, depiction, the, the depiction of um, the great mother, Prajna Paramita. And she's depicted as having six arms. We'll get into that a little bit more, but the six arms are representative of the six Paramitas. Uh, she is often holding uh, the the Sutra, the Prajnaparamita Sutra, which there are many um, forms of this Sutra. It's said that the Sutra can be boiled down to a single syllable, the syllable Ah. And there's a Prajna, version of the Prajnaparamita Sutra that's 100,000 lines. And there's a version that's 8,000 lines. Uh, which is the Diamond Sutra. Diamond Sutra is part of the Prajnaparamita Sutras. And then the Heart Sutra is probably the most common or the most well-known of the Prajnaparamita Sutras. So here we have this image, uh, this, this teaching through image, because like, like I said, we're starting to approach beyond concepts, and one way of moving beyond concepts is to enter an image. So we have this image of the goddess of the great mother, Prajnaparamita, which I'll go a little bit more into the symbolism and, and, and the why and how of practicing uh, with, with this energy of the goddess. First, I want to share um, the, the gata that's found at the end of the Heart Sutra. So at the end of the Heart Sutra, for those of you who are familiar with it, it goes Om Gate Gate Paragate Parsam Gate Bodhi Swaha. 
Om Gate Gate, Paragate, Parsam Gate, Borisvaha, which translates as gone, gone, gone beyond, gone to the other shore, Svaha, or uh, Dan Brown would say, oh, what a realization. Gone, gone, gone beyond, gone to the other shore. Ah, oh, what a realization. So we've talked about the, the paramitas as being a raft. Each of the paramitas, each of the six paramitas is being a raft that helps us move from the shore of suffering, the shore of feeling stuck in self-centered view, in habit pattern, in ancestral karma, in whatever form suffering is taking in the moment, the paramitas are a path to liberation, to love, to compassion. And so prajna paramita is often translated as wisdom beyond wisdom. And it's a celebration of what is that other shore? What is this other way of seeing? It's wisdom beyond like understanding, conceptual understanding. It's, it's entering the direct experience of this potentially new way of seeing. So the Zen Buddhist path, which is what this tradition is grounded in, is a path of mystery and it's a path of awakening. And when we speak of awakening, you know, even conventionally, but when we speak about it in the Zen tradition, it, it often invokes a sense of of realization, of understanding. There's a kind of like brightness, like, oh, I was in the dark and now I'm seeing, or I was confused and now it's clear. Uh, a, a connection to you know, the word enlightenment. There's a quality of light, being lightened <laughs> too. But there's also included in this path of awakening in the Zen tradition is a path of mystery. And when we talk more about mystery, we're connecting more to the dark, to unknowing, to this quality of perhaps something being hidden or a secret. And Prajnaparamita is invoking wisdom beyond wisdom. So we're, we're, we're entering a place where both of those the, the path of light and dark can coexist. Which is often when you see the image um, or if you work with the image of the goddess Prajnaparamita, there's a quality of like darkness, of being in the womb of the mother, of being in this space of pure potential energy before concepts, before names. You know, this kind of place that's ungraspable like one way of practicing prajna paramita is the the path of no so in the zen tradition we have the koan mu and the koan mu you know there's there's a written form of the koan like uh, joshu asks or a student asks the zen master joshu does a does a dog have buddha nature and joshu says mu 
which translates as no or translates as as nothingness uh, or beyondness but the the koan as it as it's practiced uh, in the zen tradition is boiled down just to that syllable no or mu and one just repeats that as part of the practice of working with that koan and it's a way of moving beyond concepts like any time uh, oh is this it oh i'm gonna name this i just saw this i had an insight into this it's like no no you're missing the point you're 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 closing it up just as it's beginning to open or even more conventionally the no is used you know when Whenever there's kind of a contraction around an idea or a view, particularly in meditation, it's inviting us to see beyond labels. And so like, you know, in experiencing the body or in experiencing anything, I mean, even just look around the room and, you know, the mind is so quick to label things. And in that labeling, often what happens, if you really watch, often what happens is we stop seeing the thing. So like I'm looking, you know, at my curtain that's like above my camera and, you know, I just say the word curtain or... Like I stop seeing it, it becomes familiar. I stop seeing it now looking at it like, oh wow, I didn't quite realize like how golden the gold is in that curtain or how, you know, how those colors interact. So it's, that's one of the invitations of, of Prajnaparamita, of this idea of moving beyond concepts is it's just even the conventional ways that we label things which is totally useful yes we need to do that we need to be able to say can you get me a cup and you know somebody comes back with something that looks like a cup but also and this is you know this is the and of zen buddhism is there's also so much more and we we limit ourselves and we limit the world when we only see things based on the names that we have for them or the concepts that we have for them. So I use like a fairly mundane example. And that's, you know, something can, that can be interesting to notice is like, oh, if I peel the label off of, and this is so much like what early koan practice is, is like this invitation to like, what else is this? And so like stepping into the mind of a child again, like, okay, you know, we call this a cup, but if, if you took off the label, like, what else could this be? You know, I'm not going to like put it on my head right now because it has to, you know, but you know, there are other, you, you can start to, to add this element of playfulness of, of seeing beyond the conventional uses of things to like, what else is it? What else isn't it? And that's, you know, that quality of peering into the isness or the suchness of, of something, you know, seeing beyond the labels.
And so that, you know, that was, like I said, kind of mundane examples of a cup or a curtain. But, you know, in more poignant ways, we do this to other people. We relate to other people based on maybe the last interaction that we had with them. Or sometimes even more shallowly, and and we do this, like, based on something they said or that we thought was ignorant or we thought was... um, dumb or whatever or or we relate to somebody based on like what they look or what they're wearing or you know we judge ourselves and and sometimes even worse away based on what we think or what we didn't do or didn't say or how we said something and this so this is an invitation to see ourselves beyond the labels that we put on ourselves to see others beyond the judgments that we put on them. And again, like that, so the, the koan is no, and it's just like anything. And then you get to start to see how much the mind is doing this. It's just putting more and more concepts on top of, on top of, on top of, on top of, and it's just like peeling them away. It's like, no, not this not this, not this. And, you know, in that peeling away, we're revealing what's underneath all these concepts, all these labels, all these judgments, all these opinions. We're just peering beyond, beyond, beyond. And so that's, you know, part of that mantra beyond, 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 gone, beyond, gone to the other shore. So what is it? What is it? Who am I? When I peel off all these labels of who I think I am, who I think you are, how I think I should be, what I was told to think I should be or how I should be. What, who are we when we keep looking beyond so prajnaparamita is often also associated with this word emptiness and emptiness translates as pure potential energy so that's you know a kind of invitation if you keep looking beyond words and concepts you reach this place of suchness isness pure potential energy and then here's the like the womb of the great mother, pregnant nothingness. And in that, in that space, and this is often why we use the word spaciousness, like practicing with spaciousness can help us open to this ground. And in the Zen tradition, it's understood that prajna wisdom is actually the ground of being. It's the ground of who we are. So in a way, this pure potential energy is always functioning. It's it's our lifeblood. It's the ground of our mind. And so we can come to, it's like kind of backing up. We can like back up into that realization of being the, the space from which all thoughts, body sensations, words, images, 
feelings, smells, tastes, sounds arise. It's like when we back up to the mind ground or the mind root, we see that actually everything in our awareness has the same origin. Everything is appearing and disappearing in this vast, pure potential energy, the womb of the great mother. And this is where the, you know, the imagery of mother and womb and birth starts to come in. It's like when you back up to the root, you're sitting at the source of creation. You are, we are being created moment to moment. And we can, and this is you know, one of the deep insights in the Zen tradition, we can know that ground. We can you know, trace ourselves back to that place of pure potential energy before concept. Well, the image of Prajnaparamita, the six-armed goddess, embodies the secret perfected expression of each of the paramitas. So as we trace ourselves back to this ground of mind, Prajnaparamita is functioning as Dhanaparamita, unconditional generosity. There's a quality of con- like constancy of new life, constantly emerging, bubbling up, bubbling forth. So that's one arm of Prajnaparamita, the first paramita that we worked with, generosity. Second paramita that we worked with, compassionate expression, sila. It's another arm, another quality of the functioning of prajnaparamita is compassionate activity responding responding another quality is kashanti patience or equanimity in this kind of perfected wisdom place this quality of allowing things to be as they are or even more intimate seeing things as they are truly seeing things as they are. And then the quality of virya, liveliness, energy. This quality of wakefulness that also permeates. Prajnaparamita permeates the ground of our being, awareness. And samadhi, unity, another arm quality of oneness we're opening up and again like i said we're we're in this territory of of metaphor anything we say if we attach a concept to it we like you know over overdo it (laughs) overemphasize it but like you know these are some of the inchoate innate qualities to this spacious mind There's generosity, there's compassion, there's equanimity, there's liveliness, there's a quality of oneness, there's wisdom. Those are the six paramitas, the six arms of the goddess Prajnaparamita. 
So another way of talking about Prajnaparamita is Prajnaparamita as realization. Something that we wake up to. To awaken to Prajnaparamita is like the figure ground reversal. I was invoking for those of you who are here for the meditation. So the habitual form of reference point is let go of or seen through. We have this habitual way of classifying our experience. There's the inner experience, my thoughts, feelings, emotions, body sensations. And then there's everything that's out there. But in the world of Prajna Paramita, from the ground of our being, all experience arises from the same place. So the idea of inside and outside is just an idea. And we can play around with that. And part of that is like playing around with this figure ground reversal, like being the space in the room. You can try that on. I like to do this when I'm going for a walk, like becoming the space outside the space of the sky, which goes all the way down to the ground. And then my body is just walking through space. And I'm just like, when we take the perspective of right now, you are the space in the room. You know, we're so used to identifying with, no, well, I'm in here. I'm behind my eyes somewhere. But this is an invitation of, well, actually the ground of your mind is space. Wakeful space. And that doesn't originate in here, or it's not limited to being in here. So to take the perspective of, well, you are actually the space in the room, or the space of the universe. <laughs> Let's start with the space in the room. It's a little more palpable. Um, you are the space of the room, like taking that perspective and then allowing your body to arise in that space. Just as everything else that you see, hear, feel arises in that space. That's a taste for like this deep fundamental acceptance that is the ground of Prajnaparamita. Anything can arise, is allowed to manifest, is held, is allowed to transform and change in this space. And also just opens up, we're not limited to being in here behind the eyes or wherever we locate the self. We are everything, all of this. Another aspect of Prajnaparamita as realization is, and I want to speak to this because this is very much a part of the path, is that we have these we have these moments of insight. We have peak experiences. We have a moment where uh, our sense of self maybe drops away or, or a sense of contraction around a particular idea or belief 
or we see through a limiting belief or a long-standing habit pattern. And, and in that, there's a moment of, of realization. And there's like a tapping into the Prajna wisdom, like something falls away and we're left feeling more spacious often. And there's a moment of clarity and then, and then the, the mind tries to like, you know, figure out what just happened. And we're kind of, then we enter that place of metaphor. It's like we can't actually speak to or put words to the experience of what opened up or what, what is seen clearly or what is known. That exists like from deep within us. And then we attempt to, like this Dharma talk, right? Like attempt to put language to it. And so we use metaphor, we use image, or we use poetry, or we use, you know, some words that generate a certain kind of feeling that connect back to that experience. And then it actually, that experience lives on in our living. That's how we keep that wisdom open. We know something from deep within the core of our being. And then we attempt to, as best we can, live from it. Connect back to that clarity, even though we have trouble speaking of it or putting words to it or telling others about it, we can still embody it and live from it. And sometimes that just happens very naturally for, for anyone who's had a moment of, of insight or a peak experience. Sometimes just like there's just compassion kind of flooding out of us or gratitude or joy for a moment or for moments. And then, you know, things kind of close back up and that that memory or that insight lives on in us and lives on in us in our in our living and we can touch back into it and that's so much a part of what you know continuous practice is is we have these moments of clearing of you know a fixed belief dropping away or seeing from a new perspective and we're filled with that clarity and then we you know, come back and keep practicing that and that's a form of, of integration and then maybe over time we get a little better at putting words to it but still it's impossible <laughs> it's impossible in this realm So I spoke a little bit about the, the koan mu and, and the heart sutra too. Like if you read the heart sutra, it reads as just like a series of no's. Like first the heart sutra takes away your whole body, like no eyes, no ears, no nose, no tongue, no body, no mind. Um, and then it takes away the Buddhist teachings, like no suffering, no end of suffering, no cause of suffering, no cessation, no path, no path. It just like takes away, takes away, takes away. And like I said, that's one practice of, of helping us get beyond our beliefs because we can turn anything, you know, even the best Buddhist teaching, we can turn into a concept and then it can get actually get in the way 
for us to you know truly be in intimate realization of prajnaparamita but an alternative to no is yes and that's another way of practicing this is probably more of a way for those of you who are have more of a devotional bent or um or maybe like an imaginative quality that you like to cultivate in meditation so the practice of yes is to embody the goddess because the practice of yes is in a way if we take no to the extreme and we take yes to the extreme we end up at the same place so no is helping us like dismantle this sense of conditioning like i'm in here everything else is out there the all these kind of stories or conditionings that we've internalized we're like saying no no not this not this but yes is just saying this too this too this too this too and we're saying it from this place of all is an expression of wisdom all is the manifestation of prajna paramita wisdom which you know no takes us back to <clears throat> zero takes us back to the ground of being but from that ground we see that everything is manifesting from the same source yes is another way in it's just starting at well all is there's a certain kind of faith in this one. All is prajnaparamita. All is the expression of wisdom beyond wisdom. So this too, this too, this too, this too is the body of prajnaparamita, is the manifestation of prajnaparamita. And so one way of practicing that is imagining sitting or going through your day as Prajnaparamita, as the goddess. You're seeing through the eyes of Prajnaparamita and everything you see, everything you hear, everything you feel, every thought you have is a manifestation of Prajnaparamita, a manifestation of wisdom, beyond wisdom. And in the same way, we're not getting attached to it it's just ah you know ah what a realization we're just standing on the other shore already you know and that's you know part of this um path of zen is realizing that the other shore and the shore of suffering and this shore of of um liberation are actually the same shore it's just the perspective of how we see the world. And sometimes we need you know, practices to help us you know, really like move from being kind of locked in a particular view. And this could be such a practice. Oh, yeah. That anger, just an expression of Prajnaparamita. I don't need to give into it. I don't need to get rid of it. Now, this is very close to the practice of shikantaza, of just sitting in, in Zen, where you 
basically imagine yourself as the Buddha, as an enlightened being. And everything that manifests is a part of that enlightened expression. But in that, it's, it's this beautiful practice of utter non-attachment. It's like, oh, you know, that feeling of guilt. Don't need to indulge it. Also don't need to get rid of it. It's just a living expression of prajna paramita happening right here, right now. So I, I find this to be an enlivening practice. It's very similar to koan work. We do koan work in the Zen tradition. You're invited to embody a tree or be the night sky. You're invited to like step into all of these other forms as a way of you know, recognizing this dance of emptiness and form. So you empty out of a sense of self and one way of doing that is you become a tree and then anything that you're thinking hearing feeling is just part of tree consciousness so it's a similar a similar practice except here you're being invited to be prajnaparamita the goddess of wisdom beyond wisdom the mother of all buddhas and so your expression, your functioning are the six arms of the goddess. You can take this practice out into your life. In generosity, compassion, patience, joyful effort, samadhi, prajna, these are your limbs. This is the expression of your life. I was talking to um, Lama Lekshe. Some of you know Lama Lekshe. She sometimes teaches in the Zen community of Oregon, a, a great friend, but she's a Vajrayana practitioner. Um, and she was telling me, like, at a Buddhist teacher's conference, like, they all kind of got together and they were talking about, like, oh, what you practice is what you become. And in the Vajrayana, like, we imagine ourselves to be deities. And so, like, people can, like, really touch into that, that consciousness. And I was like, oh, in Zen, like, we're invited to be, like, hell dwellers and this night sky and the tree and a piece of land and an enlightened master. It's like we really get to be shapeshifters, which is just interesting to think about. But if you practice Soto Zen, like, that, your, that invitation is you're invited to be the Buddha and to really know that from deep within. And so this practice is just, you know, an element of that, of being prajnaparamita, really trying that on, and can maybe perhaps invite a certain kind of regalness in our embodiment. A deep, perhaps, respect for this life, or an utter sense of wonder and amazement at the fully unfolding manifestation of the goddess's body. Because it's beyond this body. It's your body and your body is the body of the universe. So 
I wanted to um, just read a passage on enlightenment as we're, you know, moving through the paramitas, like we're talking here at, at Prajnaparamita of a quality of awakening, waking up to um, a quality of enlightenment and endarkenment, which is a, a phrase borrowed from Joan Sutherland. And next week is the week that we celebrate the Buddha's enlightenment in the Zen tradition. So I wanted to read this piece, which is also by Joan Sutherland. Enlightenment has an absolute quality about it, as though it describes a steady state, something not subject to time and space or the <clears throat> changes or challenges of human life. We imagine that once over that threshold, there's no going back. But it's far from static. In Buddhist terms, the way things really are is enlightenment. And our experience of the way things really are is also enlightenment. It is the vast and all-inspiring nature of the universe itself. And it is the way each of us thinks, feels, and acts when we're aware of and participating in that vast enlightenment manifesting as us. It's not transcendent of our ordinary way of being. It's more like we've been living in two dimensions and now there are three. Strawberries still taste like strawberries and harsh words still are still harsh. But now we're aware of how everything interpermeates everything else that even the most difficult things are lit from within by the same undivided light. So I'll end there. Thank you all for your practice, for your time.